I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are doing a too long didn't read of The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. It's and you guys are so welcome. <laughs> I've already read this. Caitlin's already read this. And like, I forgot how traumatizing it is. And so just revisiting that was rough. It's upsetting. And it's kind of awful that kids have to read it but at the same time we live in a horrible horrible yeah world. like that is just a wild thing for a high schooler to have to read yeah but you know it's even wilder is that children even younger than that are, are experiencing that reality that's so, true hate it um anyway we kind of want to start off by just like reading the description on goodreads for you and if you uh are struggling to actually read the book if you need a good synopsis uh cliff notes and spark notes do already have that you know out on the internet 1970s afghanistan 12 year old amir is desperate to win the local kite fighting tournament and his loyal friend hassan promises to help him but neither of the boys can foresee what would happen to Hassan that afternoon, an event that is to shatter their lives. After the Russians invade and the family is forced to flee to America, Amir realizes that one day he must return to Afghanistan under Taliban rule to find the one thing that his new world cannot grant him, redemption. Did it ruin everyone's life or did it just ruin Hassan's life? You know, like that is bold to say that that one day ruined everyone's life. Yeah, we'll get into you know? that. We'll discuss that. But let's start off with what would you rate this book? So I hate this book, but Mm -hmm. it's so good. And so I'm not going to, you know, do it justice by giving a low rating because it doesn't deserve that. I did give a 7.16 out of 10. Like I said, I am traumatized. And Mm -hmm. while it is a very important book, I do not personally like it. Yeah. So 100% agreed. While the story itself is an absolute masterpiece i personally don't like it because it is so so heartbreaking and for me when i read um it's more of an escapism type thing and so to read things that are based in the horror that is reality is kind of tough for me Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but that being said it is is bad to say maybe but yeah that's not why I read (laughs) yeah it's just not why I read and everyone has different reasons for reading we want to do a full literature review just in in case people do need this to write essays or they're having a hard time you know looking at the different devices that are used throughout the book so we'll cover you know the characters the different themes um as well as like some symbolism and then I don't think we're doing discussion questions this time just because if you're doing an essay you should have already been given some yeah and also I just think like the discussion questions yeah it's gonna vary just based on like your personal class like whatever they're discussing but we should cover all the basics that you you might need but yeah we'll start with the characters so we have Amir our our main character and narrator love-hate relationship with Amir and it's hard to fault him because he is a child in the beginning here and We'll talk a a bit more about some of the themes and, you know, classism and racism do play a big prevalent role in this story. And I feel like Amir sets a really good example for what it's like to grow up in an environment with a lot of hate and resentment towards like certain people. Mm -hmm. And so, again, he's a child and it's hard to be mad at him. And he does, you know, have a, a ton of growth throughout the book. Yeah. But he made some very poor choices. 
that did lead to a life of a lot of trouble for him. He did. And it sucks because it's like, yeah, he is a child. Like he shouldn't have been faced with these situations, but he was. And he made the wrong choice Mm -hmm. and he literally regrets it for the rest of his life. Every single day of this book. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, we'll start by kind of talking about his relationship with his father. Um, And so he calls him Baba, which is, um, I'm assuming, like, the literal translation is father. So he really, he feels jealous a lot of the time of the affection that Baba shows Hassan. Because he, again, is growing up in a place where racism and classism is commonplace. And the Hazara citizens are seen as second-class citizens, which is what Ali and Hassan are. And also they live there as their servants, as Baba and Amir's servants. So he kind of like sees them as less than. And so it really gets under his skin when Baba shows affection towards someone who is deemed as less than is yeah exactly because he feels like he doesn't get that from baba and he's also extremely jealous of hassan's relationship with his own father ali because they are very affectionate and tender towards each other which is really all amir ever wanted he's honestly a sensitive sensitive boy yeah and i feel so so bad for him to have been in this in this place growing up in this type of world because he just wants to write his little stories and give hugs to his dad and he can't like (laughs) that's all he wants well and like he does have you know a secondary father figure as well he has uh Raheem Mm -hmm. which I don't think you know at the time he really understood that Raheem was like the only one really cheering him on and was that like really you know strong support that he needed because Raheem could see you know where his father fell short what he could do to like kind of take his spot there and so I feel like he was a really undervalued character (laughs) oh for sure no Raheem is a an extremely important character later on too in the as a plot device yeah um and he is kind of he's the one always offering like grace and redemption to Amir besides Hassan sure but Amir like can't stand it when it comes from Hassan because he feels like he doesn't deserve it but from Raheem it kind of feels um less like a slap in the face to him sure because he didn't directly betray Raheem for Amir a big part of his character is that he is just constantly plagued by guilt so and he's always seeking redemption for himself even at a young age so when he was born his mother died and he kind of felt like he was guilty for that his entire childhood he was not a good friend to Hassan and after you know the incident with Hassan he felt guilt over not standing up for him but it didn't make him you know really want to become stronger friends with them because I think partially he was ashamed at how he acted but also he was still just you know feeling a lot of those values that were placed upon him Mm -hmm. and still felt like he was kind of better than Hassan to apologize and you know just continued to turn a blind eye to the torment that Hassan received and that part of the book always just makes me cry a little bit (laughs) it's so sad I like have a hard time getting past it every time but he does just continue to feel that torment all the way to his adulthood, which does lead him to eventually go and rescue Hassan's child and try to find some redemption in himself as well. A lot of the behaviors that he 
displayed early on was him as a young child. So he learns about the racism and oppression of the Hazara people uh, in a book that he just found in his his mother's old collection of books. So he learns about it and he like shows his teacher and his teacher is like, oh, that's not true. Like the Hazara people, they just pretend to be martyrs and blah, blah, blah. So he is like, he is very confused and for good reason. Yeah. Um, he's trying to understand the realities of the world and he's being grossly influenced by these awful people. So yeah, that, that really affected a lot of things. And like when Hassan tried to like criticize not criticize necessarily but he like brought up a plot hole in a story that amir wrote amir immediately feels defensive and is like what do you know you're illiterate illiterate hazara you're nothing you're a servant and he didn't say that out loud but those were the feelings that he had in that he immediately thought and he was immediately ashamed of it yes i know and it's just this back and forth of that when he finally he and his father moved to america i think that's kind of his first sense of like escape from what he was living it was a chance to kind of start over escape from his guilt but it's overshadowed by you know memories of hassan because he does just feel so much about his past so when he marries soraya he can't help but wonder you know what life hassan had and if he ever got married and so he does continue to just pop up constantly when he published his first novel he remembers how Hassan told him that he would be a great writer someday. And so he had that continuous loyalty from Hassan in his life that continues to just kind of almost embitter him and he can't fully escape his past. And he also, he feels like he deserves all of the torment as well because of how guilty he feels. And he even sees Soraya's infertility as a punishment for what he had done in his past. And he's like, yeah, I deserve that. I don't deserve to be a father. Like, it's very ingrained in his every waking moment. So Baba is probably my least favorite character in this book. I think that Amir just really has him on a pedestal for the first part of it and because he has him in such high regard he constantly tries to hide who he truly is or like how he wants to be or what he's passionate about so that Baba isn't like disappointed in him Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like Baba is also just like a very troubled character as well and he wasn't fully you know showing who he was as a person he I think really followed some of the guidelines set for him as like what a man should be in their culture. And he instilled that into Amir as well. And it just caused like a very toxic relationship between the two. Yeah. I think one of the, um, the major themes throughout this novel is clear is just the generational trauma that's passed on because yeah. So Baba is probably like that because of how he grew up, but he's very disappointed in Amir's like, interests and hobbies and he wants him to be more of a traditionally masculine um son and he even at one point he's talking to Raheem Khan after they go to like this um tournament where they're like on horses and stuff this guy Mm -hmm. falls off his horse and gets trampled to death and so Amir cried because he was a child who just witnessed a man get trampled to death and Baba's telling Raheem Khan basically like I wish that he was different, like, 
it's a he's, good thing that you're here because you're the only one who could understand him. Like he's saying that to Raheem and Amir overhears all of it through the door and it absolutely crushes his little spirit. Like it's so sad. Well, and I think that's really what kind of set everything into motion as well as that night hearing just like how disappointed Baba actually was in him because not far, like not long after that, is when they have like the kite tournament and yeah. when you know Hassan gets raised. He's like, I have to win. He is like, I have to show my father that I can be the man he wants me to be. And so yeah, yeah that was like such an integral like turning point in the book. But it's like, I don't know. I think another thing that just really kind of ticks me off is that like Baba kind of picks and chooses like when he wants to I don't know if like continue in the way he was raised like makes sense but like when it comes to Hassan and Ali obviously he's like a little more attached to them because Hassan's like his actual son and whatever mm-hmm. and he can't fully recognize that he's his son and so he takes it out on Amir uh, but when Amir asks if he ever you know thought about replacing the servants Baba becomes enraged that Amir would ever suggest that and like said that like they're family and they aren't going anywhere and I think that's also very confusing for Amir, too, because he constantly hears that, like, the Hazaras are people you want to avoid and, like, you don't want to be associated with them. Yeah. And, like, with his father being such a, like, public figure, I'm sure that, like, also causes even more confusion in Amir as well because he thinks he's supposed to act a certain way, but Baba doesn't do that. But he does other things a certain way. For sure. Because so he's especially, not sure how he's supposed to act. Yeah, Amir even, like... He's pondering one time about because um Baba and Ali, they grew up together. They were raised together because Ali right. was taken in by Baba's father. And uh, Amir is like, you know, of all the stories they share together of like, you know, growing up so close, Baba never once refers to Ali as his friend. Right. And so in that same way, Amir is like, well, I guess then that means Hassan is not my friend because... Like, Baba's not Ali's friend. Like, there's this rift between them because right. of the, the classism and the racism um, in their world, in their society. And so he's like, he is confused when Baba reacts like that and is like, they're our family. You bring me shame. How could you say such a thing? He's like, whoa. But who are these people from? to us? Yeah, because he's like, that's not what you say. Like, you've never once called him your brother or your right. friend. Well, and the first time he ever sees Baba cry is when Ali and Hassan are leaving after Amir, you know, accuses Hassan of theft. And so, again, that just, I, Baba had just been upfront with Amir, and I'm sure he was maybe embarrassed, I don't know, of like having an illegitimate son. I'm sure. Um, or just the fact that, I mean, he probably couldn't claim him, and Hassan. Well, Amir might have acted different towards Hassan if he had known, like, that was his blood brother. And so maybe Baba was trying to protect him in that sense so mm-hmm. that they didn't create, like, that kinship. But I think if he'd just been, like, upfront about it, like, so many things could have been avoided. I mean, it's, this entire book is, like, what if, what if, what if, yeah. could things have turned out better? Because, like, I think about, too, when Amir and Hassan are, like, flying the kite in the tournament and they win, they, like, hug for a second. And Amir's like, yeah, my dad's going to be so proud of this. And he turns around. His dad's like, quit doing that. Like, why are you hugging in public? I know. Behind closed doors, he's like, no, you treat them like family. Yeah, he's like, how dare you? And then also, like, again, with the double standards with Baba. So when Baba and Amir are in, like, the 
the fuel truck or whatever and they're fleeing and the russian soldier is like i'll let you pass if you give me 30 minutes with that woman in the back of the truck and so baba is like you're a disgrace you're disgusting no and amir is worried that baba's gonna get shot by this soldier so he's like baba sit down and baba turns on amir and he's like haven't i taught you anything like have a spine kind of thing and it's like Baba, you're one to talk. Like, like you're a coward. <laughs> you slept with this man's wife. Yeah. And it's and... so confusing for Amir because he doesn't even know all of that about Baba. But like, it's so confusing because he's never seen him like stand up for people before in this way. Yeah. And even like when they move to like when they get to America, like he is so frustrated because like they don't have like all this wealth that they had and like he doesn't understand like what the new normal kind of looks like and he can't come to terms with the way things are like in in the new area they're in and he still kind of takes it out on Amir I feel like and he's like every time Amir's like all right this is like a brand new start for us like I'm gonna follow my dreams I'm gonna do all this Baba's like no yeah like why would you what makes you think he can do that but then like when Amir graduates, I think it was from high school or college, I can't remember, Baba gets him a car and he's like, I am so proud of you and you're going to be the greatest writer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is happening? It's the mixed signals for me. Yeah, he 100% is like, I understand why he is so, like, his life has been turned upside sure. down. And so I understand why he's so frustrated. But yeah, he does continue to kind of use Amir as an emotional punching bag and Amir can't even cry. In he's front like, of I them. can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. And then when he's freaking diagnosed with terminal cancer and Amir cries, he literally has to leave the room because he's like, Well, Baba hates it when I cry. And Baba's it's like, like And don't you tell a soul because I swear to God, if there's any sympathy in this household. Like, yeah. And he's like, I'm not getting treatment. Like, what do you think I am? Some like coward? It's like, Well, yeah, kind of. But yeah. He's <laughs> like, so he's got such a twisted view of like what it means to be a man right and wrong is and yeah and it's honestly sad because you know it's because that's how he was raised right and I do think at the end like he was like genuinely happy yes for Amir and like he was very proud of him but I hate that he waited till he was on his deathbed to show any form of like remorse towards yeah. I mean, he didn't really even show remorse. Like, he never really apologized or anything. No. Like, he just like silently showed that he was proud and happy. Like, he's like, whenever... "Oh, good, you're marrying from a good, well-known family. Like, yeah. good for you, son." He was like, "I'm so proud of you." And then, whenever Soraya first moved in and kind of was taking care of him, they were uh, Baba and Soraya were reading Amir's old stories that he wrote in the journal that Rahim Khan gave him back in Kabul, and so that made. Amir feel extremely like touched and emotional but again he literally left the room because he was like well if Baba sees me cry it'll ruin it I don't feel like his father had any form of redemption whatsoever in this book um, because on his deathbed he still chose not to tell Amir about Hassan he had to hear that from Rahim Khan yeah you know he never like kind of hashed it out with them and told them about, you know, why he raised him the way that he did. So he had, I don't think any regrets on his life. Like he really thought he was doing things the way they should be done. Yep. And he was just like, well, my son has this, he's found his family here and I can die now. 
he's like well my life's complete yeah which is like it's so sad like it really wasn't they never had that moment of like like mutual respect or anything and it's tragic let's talk about my sweet sweet angel Hassan who deserved more than anyone else in this fucking book besides say like Ali like Ali deserved the world as well yeah but those two like were just absolutely shit on by the world and they just took it in stride (laughs) they really did it was like the part of the Bible when it, like, whenever they get slapped across one cheek and they turn you their offer cheek the and get other. slapped on yeah. the other. And Hassan would have done anything for Amir. And, and, like, you just don't see that type of loyalty. And Amir took that for granted. Like, Hassan was a ride or die in the most was. literal term. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating here. At one point, Amir is like, would you eat dirt if I asked you? And you could see, like, he saw a shift in Hassan's face because Hassan was so hurt by that question. He was like, of course I would. (laughs) Would you ask me to do that? And he's like so hurt that this like love and loyalty is not being returned to him. Or like with the pomegranates when um, Amir is like pelting him with the pomegranates and Hassan was like, here, let me just take it a step further and like smashes it into his own face. He's like, are you happy now? I know. Uh, God, I hate that part because Amir's really just not dealing with his own shit. He's like, hit me back. Like I deserve it. Like, how about you just say sorry? It's not that hard. Gosh, like that poor child. And like whenever um Amir places like all of this stuff and like frames Hassan for like stealing him, like Hassan was just like, All right, friend, like if that's what you need to like find some peace, like I'm willing to let it go. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, like how could Amir in that moment just not fully break down and be like, I'm sorry, like it was me. Like, yeah, don't send my friend away. I think Ali was embarrassed because I don't know if he thought Hassan actually did it or not, but I mean, he was just such a strictly religious man Mm -hmm. that he was like, yeah, no, like you brought shame to our family. Like we have to go. And it's like one simple word could have saved all of them. Yeah. Cause the thing is like Amir wonders if Hassan like told Ali the truth and I doubt it. I think I doubt it. Hassan was so so loyal to Amir that he just yeah fully took the blame and let everyone believe it was him and that part hurts so bad when they're they're getting they're leaving in the car and it's raining and Amir is like if this was one of the movies that Hassan and I used to go see together in the theater like I would run after him and I would tell him it was me and that I'm sorry but I didn't do that why why didn't you do that right (laughs) no and then just (sighs) So we don't really know like much about Hassan after they moved to the United States until he goes and talks to Raheem Khan and he is like, you know, I went and found Hassan and they were living in a mud hut. They had nothing. Yeah. And I brought him back and they lived with us. But that was a terrible mistake because you know what he got out of it? He got shot yeah. in the street. And what's even more, like, heartbreaking about all that is whenever they did go back to live with Raheem Khan, Hassan refused to live in the main house. He chose to live in the mud hut there because he was like, what would Amir say 
he would think it's so disrespectful if I if I was trying to replace him. God, they're so broken and it's so sad. <laughs> it is so, so sad. And like just the way he and his wife are taken out too. It's like they've, you know, given their lives to these people to protect their house, to protect all of the things that made Baba and Amir proud, like all the, you know, monetary and like physical things that made them proud. They're like, well, I'll give my life to, you know, make sure it's still in order. Yeah. It's the most tragic thing. And Hassan, his heart and his wife's heart, they're just so pure. And I think that is especially shown too whenever Hassan's mother came back, Sanabar. Fuck that lady. Fuck that lady. And no, she's like, please forgive me. He did. He forgave her. He and was like, told yeah, her to live with them because they're family. Like, he was just too good for the world. <laughs> he truly he was. He deserves everything. So much more. And nobody deserves him. And it's just the saddest thing I've ever read. And, and like uh, the note that Hassan left for Amir, I cried when I read it. I was just like, stop it. He wrote this whole letter to him. He was like, I can't wait to one day be reading a letter from you and see a photograph of you. And after Amir learns all of this and Rahim admits that they're half brothers, there's a yeah. quote that I've, I've put in here. It's when he decided that like he had to redeem himself. So it says, Hassan had loved me once, loved me in a way that no one ever had or ever would again. He was gone now, but a little part of him lived on. It was in Kabul waiting. And so that's when he decided he was going to go and he was going to rescue Sarab from the Taliban. I was so fucking proud of him. Like, that was I know, but it's like it took so much. (laughs) But, like, I was just, like, I really did love that character development for Amir. Like, I I do think he found a sliver of redemption. At the cost it came, was it worth it? No. But (laughs) did he try to? Yeah, and I'll give him that. Sure had a lot of people die before. But, like, he certainly could have stopped it well before then. Um... Let's talk about Raheem Khan. Also, like, not a perfect man. Yeah. By any means. Uh, he, is, except he, for Hassan. He did straight up lie to Amir about, like, having a safe place for, um, what was his name? Uh, Sarab. Uh, Sarab. Yeah, he was like, ah, he'll take him in. Yeah, he knew he would, too, because he knew that, as bad as it is, like, that was the only way for amir to like fully forgive himself was by yeah. stepping in as sarab's like father figure and giving him what hassan never had yeah and Which i was like, like that's pretty fucked up but oh so, so fucking sad uh but raheem khan was baba's best friend business partner and another father figure to amir um and i thought that his past was interesting as well so he mm-hmm. When he's telling all of this stuff to Amir when he's an adult. Oh, no, wait. This is when he was a child. This was his 13th birthday. Yeah, because he was trying. I think he was trying in a way to, like, really connect with Amir. And he was trying to get him to open up about what happened with Hassan because Raheem Khan knew. Yeah. He tells Amir the story about when he was 18, he fell in love with Hamira, who was a Hazara woman and the daughter of one of his neighbor's servants. And when he told his family, like, they were appalled. Like, people were fainting. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was the most egregious display. And his father immediately sent her and her family away on the same day, had them shipped off and was like, how dare you? You're a disgrace. And so he tells Amir this story in the hopes that he'll like try to right the wrongs and, you know, bring Hassan and Ali back into their lives. But Amir just couldn't, I guess. And that's the same day he gave him the journal to write his stories. I feel like Raheem Khan and Baba, like, were lovers that never were, you know? Like, Ooh. And that's just in my own head. But, like, I <laughs> that's felt like canon. they were almost, like, two sides of the same coin where Baba was, like, so set in his ways that he raised Amir the way he thought he should, whereas Raheem Khan, like, just understood Amir in a way that Baba yeah. never could. Yeah. And uh, Amir, even at one point, he's like, I always saw Raheem Khan as, like, the alter ego of Baba. Yeah. Where it's, like, everything that Baba lacked, Raheem Khan had. Basically. Exactly. Um. So they did, they kind of made up two halves of a parent for Amir. <laughs> Which is hard because, like, as much as Raheem Khan tried to help Amir, that was not his father. And so I think he just took everything he said with a grain of salt until Baba was long gone and Raheem Khan was, you know, one foot in the ground himself. Yeah. He was like this uh, pile of bones pretending to be Raheem Khan when he answered the door. And I was like, (laughs) God damn. So he was looking good. (laughs) Uh, but Raheem was definitely I think kind of his like guiding star almost like that was like his moral compass throughout the book yes I I feel like they were almost like the devil and angel on Amir's shoulders like throughout the entire book like where Raheem was like you know telling him how to be the man he was supposed to be while Baba was the man telling him like how he thinks he should be yeah that's a really good way to put it because a lot of times their advice was conflicting yeah and I think Amir felt like socially he had to do what Baba was saying was the right thing to do. But then again, with all the confusion with Baba being like, how dare you say that they're our family? Have I taught you nothing? Like Amir was so confused about how to behave. (sighs) God bless Raheem Khan. He was a good man. Yeah. He was a good man. You know who was not a good man? Asef. Yeah. So... Asef is, he is the villain of the story. He represents the most disgusting. Yeah, he's, he's extremely cruel and violent. He's racist, bigoted, a fascist. Um, And Amir is afraid of him, which is totally fair. Like as a child, this is his childhood bully. And Amir, even as a child, like he didn't know what was quite wrong with him but he was like i learned as an adult that asaf is what they call a sociopath yeah yeah he is <laughs> fucking insane um he just craved like control in the most twisted way possible and his own parents were afraid of him well and i also feel like he was maybe dealing with like some feelings that he like probably couldn't work through very well and like probably rape people <laughs> You just cannot rape people. You just can't. You cannot we do not that. Say it. Like what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And like the and like 
I don't know, the parallels in this book are so wild and we'll talk about them as well. But like, he is always the person like taking the innocence of others. And I don't know what to classify that as in terms of like symbolism, because he does that to Hassan and then he immediately does it again to Sarab. Yeah. He's just not right. He is the caricature of like what people kind of consider like extremists because he is he's 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 and as a kid like he's no different he was literally wanting to be a part of something like that he was like yeah he gave um amir yeah on his 13th birthday he gave amir a like hitler's manifest did he give him mein Kampf or just like i think he gave him a biography of hitler okay but yeah he prior to that and prior to what he did to hassan he was telling them how Hitler was a great leader and the um the guy that overthrew the king of Afghanistan, I can't remember his, his name. brother. Yeah. Yeah. He was like or his this cousin, guy's gonna he's gonna be great. He's gonna be just like Hitler. We're gonna do cultural cleansing and Yeah. Oh, whenever he was full on in the Taliban and like an adult he literally says ethnic cleansing i love the sound of that or like some whack like jesus christ (laughs) it is like he is a cartoon villain except that people like him in real life it's so scary he's so scary and like nothing happened to him either like no he lost an eye but i know but it's like he didn't didn't die But, I mean, I think that's realistic, too, because, like, what can you do? Nothing. That, I mean, that's the reality of the situation, and that's why it's so fucking sad. But what I don't get, when Amir was a child, I don't get why he never told Baba about Asef's behavior, because Baba would have been like, ew, like, what a piece of shit, because Baba didn't stand for that kind of thing. No, but I also think, on the same token here... Baba would have been like, at least he is standing, like he's showing like the confidence to do what he thinks is right type of thing. Maybe, but I don't, I don't even I don't think so. Because Baba was so appalled by these people. Like he was appalled by the Russian soldier for his behavior yeah. too when they were fleeing. Like, but maybe what really bothered like Amir a- is that on his birthday, Asef showed up and like was charming Baba but like if he had just told him hey this guy is actually really crazy right. and saying these horrible things then Baba would have been like get the fuck out of my house I don't know maybe it was like a social thing yeah I'm, I'm not, not sure because sure. they came from like a well-off family as well yeah and yeah I don't, I don't know like culturally like Maybe you don't talk to your parents about your peers in that culture. I don't know. I I really don't. Um, but dude was a psycho for sure. Yeah. And we'll talk more about Asaf later as well. He does pop up throughout the entire book. He just never leaves. He's like a cockroach. So Ali is another, you know, just too good for this world character. That is Hassan's father. Such a sweet, sweet, sweet man. He is just devoutly religious. He prays, you know, every day. He instills those things into Hassan as well, which I do feel like Amir is really jealous of 
Like, Mm -hmm. Baba is not a religious man. He makes fun of a lot of, like, the religious figures in the book. And that, you know, in turn makes Amir not extremely religious. But I think just, like, seeing the way that Ali just values his religion and the way that Hassan does as well, like, just almost creates, like, some, not resentment, but... I think jealousy because he doesn't have that with his own father. Yeah, for sure. And the first night that there was like unrest and they heard like gunfire and stuff, that was the night the king was overthrown. Uh, Baba actually wasn't at home. It was Mm -hmm. Hassan, Ali, and Amir. And Hassan and Ali were like holding each other. And Amir was was jealous of even that like he wanted yeah. to feel safe and feel held by his own father and just the fact that Ali can still just be so loving is crazy so he is disfigured he's deformed um and I know they don't talk a lot about like how he ended up marrying um his wife but she was a little ho. Mm-hmm. even when they were married and they knew that before they got married and she continued after that yeah. and like constantly just belittled him and made fun of him and his yeah. you know physical appearance which is horrible and um, he knew he couldn't have children and so when his wife did become pregnant like he was like I'll still love this baby no matter what and just like the fucking loyalty to Baba knowing that he did that with his wife and had a bastard son. It and makes still me wonder, him. though. I know. And it makes me wonder, did he know it was Baba's illegitimate child? Or did he just never know who the father was? I bet he knew just based off the way Baba treated him and his son. Probably. I bet he figured it out pretty quick. Yeah. But still, just the unwavering loyalty to Baba and Amir, like, anyway. Ugh. Such a good man. Uh, and he died a very tragic death as well. Mm-hmm. He was part of the first round of, like, their ethnic cleansing, which, I don't know, it just makes my stomach hurt to think yeah. about it. Bad things happen to good people. I hate it. Um, next Soraya. Next we Soraya. <laughs> Such a lovely character. So, yes, agreed. Soraya, she is this lovely Afghan woman that Amir meets in America in their little community that they have there. And he is down bad from the moment he sees her. He's like, mm, girl, the way your eyebrows touch in the middle. Uh, he <laughs> lo- and I'm he not even so kidding. troubled about that whole part of the story. <laughs> that she texted is- me at two in the morning. It was like, what the Fuck. That is canon. He is he loved the unibrow, but he takes forever to make a move because he's kind of he's kind of shy. Okay, he's a shy boy. He's a shy guy. <laughs> but their love is so sweet, and like it was really interesting. I learned a lot about like the Afghan culture of like courtship and engagement. Yes, and I never knew anything about it before reading. Well, I mean, I've read this book before, but I was General like, General Tahiri was like, "You are certainly not doing it the right way." And he was yeah. like, "My bad." <laughs> I know he was like, "How dare you be in here speaking to her without like me present?" Kind of thing. And something that is like so so sweet, and it. Honestly, it happens because something sad happens, but he only allows himself to cry when he's with Soraya. So, no, like after Baba passes away, he finally, like, is 
grieving. You know, tired of holding back the tears because he hasn't cried the entire time yeah. Baba's been sick, at least in front of Baba. And so he's like, I'm going to cry with you because I feel comfortable enough. So that makes yeah, me feel better. She's just so pure. Yeah. And, like, she didn't even hesitate to, like, take care of Baba. Like, she... I know, like, when Sarah moved in with them, she probably just loved him so much and, like, took care of him and tried to, like, relate to him as much as possible. Um, um, I also just think she's so, so pure because, like, all she ever wanted in life was to teach and, like, to bring people joy and learning. And that's her passion. And when her dad is basically, like, you're you don't want to do something successful like be a lawyer she's like no hurt by that because she thinks what she does is success and important i also just love like at the end there too so like it's post 9-11 it's like 2002 so obviously you know there's still a lot of tensions towards like middle eastern um individuals but they still make sure like they go and support like everyone who holds like Mm -hmm. the festivals and they like try to build like a community and like really just show their support and so I like I know like a big part of that was probably Soraya as well and like just like she wants to educate people on like their own culture yeah that was the other thing that's so tragic about this book too because it's like as soon as Amir and Saraya and Sarab, they find this little modicum of peace and happiness, it's a post-9-11 world in America. And it's like, okay, well... They just cannot win. Here comes this brand new, horrible piece it's of It's like, oh, existed. you thought you were experiencing, like just inner racism in- within your own group of people? Awesome. Well, now it's everyone else, too. It's really, really tragic and, and I, <laughs> I feel like if there were a sequel to this book specifically it would not be happy no and that makes me want to talk about Sarab really quick he had a very small part in this book it wasn't towards the end that we even meet Sarab but he was so impactful to the story and um Amir's redemption arc as well so he was taken from his parents by the Taliban um his parents were killed he was put into an orphanage They went through taking specifically little boys and dressing them up to look like harem members and like feminizing them so that they could sexually abuse them. And so he experienced the same abuse that his father did at his age, which again, just oh, it almost was more disgusting than what happened to Hassan because like with Hassan, it was like, a punishment almost but like for Sarab he didn't do anything except be Hazara mm-hmm. and like had to experience that over and over and over and was so vehemently against going back to his old life that he was like I'd rather kill myself than return back to where I was from um, and that broke my heart and to feel that at such a young age like it and doesn't even compute and it hurt so much when he was telling Amir that he, he was dirty and full of sin because of those no. abuses that he suffered. Like, Amir was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like He's he like, you're so, beautiful. I know. Like, it's everything that he wanted to tell Hassan, but he never got the chance. I'm just so glad that. Sarab did not die in the book and that Amir did get a chance to, like, 
bond with him because I feel like that would have just absolutely broken Amir as well and he probably would have followed not long after. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, we were two shakes away from everyone just, just yeah, like it was really touch and go there. Uh so yeah, that's all of the characters. Um are we too sad or can we keep going? I don't know. I think we can keep going. We are going to just kind of break it up for you. So answering some important questions that you'll probably have to cover in an essay. Um, so we'll start with some of the themes in this book. Redemption's the biggest one, but I don't want to talk about that one first. So I would like to talk about religion first, um, because this also does play a very large role throughout the story. And I talked about this a little bit with Baba as well. So Baba was not a religious man. And so Amir, therefore, also was not a religious man. And his lack of religion allows him to look past um, certain aspects that other people wouldn't be able to. So like Soraya, for example, everyone thought just because of her past, you know, life experiences that she was not worthy or that she was like considered dirty. And Amir Mm -hmm. was like, what, like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, this is the most perfect person I've ever seen in my life. And it did bother him at first, I think. And he when... said he acknowledged that it was his pride. Yes, but it didn't bother him about loving her. It was right. more just like his own personal beef that he needed to work through. But you also see like that's growth from how he was because he did still have like those prejudices and stuff. But just in terms of like their faith and like how it affects like other people and their choices that they make in life. I feel like it didn't really bother him as much as it would like his father or like Ali or General Tahiri. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, though, even though Ali was extremely devout in his faith, he also was kind of like he he was very forgiving yes. of, like, um, Sonobar's sexual history and stuff, too. But they did practice two different forms of their religion That's because true. the Hazaras, I think it was, like, a Sunni um, religion. So and... they are... Let me look up how to pronounce this. And so I think that makes a difference, too, in, like, the way they you know practice their own beliefs shia so the hazara people are shia islam and the um pashtuns are Are sunni Sunni okay i just had it backwards yeah but when amir does pray you always notice that it is just out of sheer desperation like it is when he is at the lowest of lows um so the first time we see that is when baba is diagnosed with lung cancer Amir acknowledges his religion. And then when Sarab is in the hospital, he prays every single day that mm-hmm. he survives his attempt. And so those, I think with Sarab especially, he's almost channeling Ali and like what he saw him doing. And because that is Ali's grandson, like it meant even more to him to like pray mm-hmm. for Sarab. And so it it is really impactful to Amir in, you know, times of absolute desperation. Which is like an interesting take on religion in itself, because I think there are some people who don't consider themselves religious. But whenever something happens where they feel desperate, they might pray to to someone, something. to whoever's listening. Exactly. So it's it's an interesting 
like it's an interesting thing about our human nature, I think. But on the same side, we also see the bastardization of religion in this as well, or people who are using religion for their own means. Um, yeah. And Asef is a, a good example of this. He and the rest of the Taliban use religion as a means to justify their cruel behavior. So with like the ethnic cleansing, um, with the brutalization and raping of, you know, women and specifically children in this story, as well as just like this strict rules that they've placed upon like all their people so that they just have absolute control of everything that's happening all in, you know, the name of their religion. Yeah. And then the people like Ali, who are devout Muslims, like I think Rahim Khan, no, it was when he was with, um, when Amir was with Farid and they see someone be stoned to death or multiple mm-hmm. people. And basically they're like, and they, they dare call themselves Muslims because the Taliban is not like representing the religion mm-hmm. um, in the way that the the people who truly are religious want them to. Right. So it's, you see every end of the spectrum represented in this book. (laughs) Which is, you know, how they intended. They want to show, you know, both sides. Like, yes, it can be good, but it can also be bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, And on that same token, there is the theme of racism throughout the book. So in Afghanistan, systemic racism is... Uh, it's just a part of their foundation of society, much like it is in many countries, unfortunately. Yeah. And Ali and Hassan are treated as second-class citizens for being Hazara. They face so much discrimination, and even Baba feels like he can't fully show them how much he loves them and and cares for them because of that like wedge that's between them. Um, and then, of course, Asaf and the Taliban murder Hazaras to purify Afghanistan. They that's a big thing. Like a, they were really targeted right off the bat. Like whenever um, the king was overthrown, Asaf the next day is literally like, yeah, we're coming for you and you're going to our country's going to be pure again. Like he's literally cornering them in an alley, like telling them this. And then Amir's inaction towards the brutalities against Hassan because he, again, had that internalized, like, classism and racism embedded in him from, basically from birth. Like, he always knew that Hassan was different than him. He looked different. He lived in a mud hut while Amir lived in a mansion. Like, that was clear to him. And so I think that played a large role in his decision to not step in, along with, you know, being a child and being terrified of this boy who was doing the brutalizing. Um, That plays a large role, too, because I'm sure that's a very, very scary situation. Another big theme is redemption. I think that's probably the biggest one throughout this entire story. Mm -hmm. Um, Amir himself is just constantly trying to redeem his past so from his birth redeeming himself for what he considers the murder of his mother his mother which i think baba kind of holds against him as well (laughs) yeah um even though it's not his fault um i think baba does try to redeem himself but not in a good way it's trying to redeem himself like monetarily almost um Mm -hmm. so 
like trying to redeem his social standing. Um, yeah. So, like when they moved to America, like he lost everything. He was no longer, you know, high in like their social classes. He had nothing and like was constantly trying to give things monetarily but fall short because he can't really give Amir like what he actually craves and what he deserves. Right. And so like he'll give him a car and to show like his love for him that he's proud of him in his own way and all Amir wants is just for him to you know talk to him and relate to him and like like say support him yeah and so I think it's just like a a different kind of redemption almost Mm -hmm. but it still you know kind of falls in line with that theme and then of course Amir trying to redeem himself in terms of like what was done to Hassan and he does that by you know going and rescuing Sarab and giving him a home and acting as that father figure to give him what Hassan never had yeah you know what's interesting too about the the monetary thing with Baba is um he refused any sort of welfare when they moved to Mm -hmm. America because he was so prideful and he was like I've always worked for my money I won't I won't accept charity Mm-hmm. Whereas um, General Tahiri is the opposite. He like refuses to do work that's beneath him. Yes. So he accepts the welfare because he is like, yeah, give me the money because I'm not going to do something. I'm too good to work. Blue collar job. Yeah. Like he is like, I am above that. Um, so that's an interesting. That, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Interesting thing. Like is it's almost like Baba did kind of do the more honorable thing there. Sure. But again, all we needed from Baba was to But just... he was doing it for the sake of his pride instead of for what was best for Amir. No, you're right. You're right. Like he definitely his pride played a large role in that. And same with General Tahiri. So. Yeah. And it's but like I neither think that's thing just is... like something that was instilled in them as mm-hmm. young men. Exactly. So, yeah, I think Baba was trying his best to earn the respect of Amir, but that's not what Amir needed or wanted from him. Yeah. Which really <laughs> leads well into the next part of this. Um, another big theme in this is male relationships, specifically like father-son relationships. Um, so there are a lot of really interesting dynamics between a lot of the characters in this. And um, I mean... Pretty much all of them are males. Yeah, and Amir um, and Hassan, like, their mothers just weren't around and they didn't have sisters. So there just yeah. were no women growing up, basically, in his life. Right. Baba's relationship with Amir and Hassan were both very troubled and very, very different. Because Baba cannot outright acknowledge Hassan, he takes it out on Amir and just really holds him to a higher standard than what I think he would if he were able to acknowledge Hassan. And just nothing Amir does is good enough. He is too emotional. He's too soft. He's not dedicated to the right things. Whereas with Hassan, he wants to show him as much love as possible without outing himself, basically. And so with Hassan, like he pays for his lip surgery. And we'll talk about the cleft lip in a little bit because that holds a lot of symbolism throughout this book. Um, But he pays for his lip surgery so that he can not 
rise in their social standing because they never will but at least be treated better because he's not disfigured yeah um physically um he gives him and ali a place to live pays him a decent wage like they're not living in poverty like they have everything they could need Mm -hmm. and because that's all he can do to show his love outright whereas with amir he has every opportunity to show him love and chooses not to because he's torn between the two sons yeah it's almost like he doesn't want to show Amir love because then that's being unfair to Hassan. But then right. by doing that, it's unfair to Amir. Because Amir treats Hassan unfairly. Yeah. It's it's a vicious cycle. Horrible. <laughs> um, and like Baba views having a strong friendship as weak, which I never really got. And so it's not even showing a strong friendship. It's showing affection. Mm-hmm. And again, I think if he, I think he's doing that because he's not able to show affection towards his son. And so he's like, no, you cannot show affection towards the people you love because that's not how it's done. And so that drives a big stake between the two boys because all Amir wants to do is make his father proud. And so he's willing to push away the only person who will ever be loyal to him to make a man who will never be happy, happy. Yeah. It's an impossible mission that he's off on. Um, We do also see some positive like aspects of their, of the relationships between these guys though, because we see Hassan and Ali's unwavering loyalty to Baba and Amir, despite everything, which honestly is yeah I was like we'll take positive in the loosest term possible here by positive I guess we mean like wholesome and loving um but it's it's not it's it's not necessarily a good thing and then Raheem Khan's loyalty to the family despite knowing their innermost secrets which Raheem Khan I do think he should have tried harder to convince Baba to tell the boys the truth yeah and i don't know obviously we didn't see any of that we don't know how much he tried to get him and maybe to... he did mm-hmm. maybe. and baba was just like no that's not Which is, how i could totally see that being exactly how it went because baba was very prideful and very and stubborn that might honestly be why raheem khan came you know to amir instead of through baba because he's like, well, if Baba's not willing to do it, I will be the one to step in for Amir. Yeah, honestly. Because he is like, he could see in Amir that Amir wanted to do the right thing. But he just, yeah. Amir always wanted to do the right thing. He always wanted to be good. But he didn't have the support and the tools readily at his disposal that he right. needed to always do the right thing. And I think that's what's the saddest thing about this whole it's book. so depressing. So some symbolism in this book. There, There's three main ones that I really wanted to cover. So the first one is Hassan's cleft lip. So his lip in the beginning signifies his status because it shows that they don't have the money to fix it, that they, in addition to him being a Hazara, like he is disfigured as well Mm -hmm. and so it's really just more ammo for people to treat him poorly and because not only is he a low social class but he's also disfigured and they can't afford it and so that makes him you know basically dirt beneath their feet Um, but Baba fixes that as a gift to him to show him affection and he thinks that'll basically fix what he can't give him Um, and then later we see Amir getting his lips split by 
Asef, and it leaves him permanently disfigured as well. And so it almost like merges his identity with Hassan. And he's like, well, now I can always, you know, basically have this piece of him and I can, you know, experience what he kind of experienced. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it does. It might kind of be because he lives in America now in a post 9-11 America. And so, again, like, he's already treated like dirt, and now that he's disfigured as well, like, he will experience that low social standing that Hassan did. Yeah. Which is terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) But I think it makes him feel better. It makes him feel like he's finally gotten the punishment that he deserves. Yeah, it's, um, what am I trying to think of? The word, atonement. He's, like, atoning by... (laughs) Like being in Hassan's shoes. God damn, I hate this book, but it's, <laughs> it's necessary. The next thing that we want to talk about is the kites. And the kites, I would say, are the most prominent symbol throughout the, the novel. So at first, the kites symbolize a way for Amir to connect with Baba and earn his approval because it's seen as like something to be really proud of if you win the the kite that is cut last so right before the last one standing and so after the tournament bob is extremely proud of amir because they like they win this trophy basically that everyone wants and amir finally feels like they're friends but he can't enjoy it because that same day amir he watched his friend get raped and the kites take on this symbol of guilt for not stepping in and helping his friend so he can't even enjoy any of the things that came with winning the tournament and then we later see that the kites um the kites also symbolize like the culture of the afghan people and it's something that was very traditional for them the kite fighting tournaments But just two years before the Taliban massacred the Hazaras and Mazar, they banned kite fighting. So it's kind of like that stepping stone of their country being taken over by the Taliban. And then later, the kite symbolizes redemption because Amir, he finally flies a kite again with Sarab and he acts as his kite runner, which is it's full circle. Uh, He asks Sarab if he wants him to go run his kite for him. Sarab is broken and sad, but he nods and he, he says for you a thousand times over. Uh, it's and so he sad. runs after the kite and it hurts my little heart. I can't. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. I can't. Oh my God. Like that is just such a powerful sentence. Like the for you one thousand. Oh, stop. And then the last and like, honestly, this one's so sad. It's very deep as well is the lamb. So Hassan and Sarab are both in separate occasions described as being lambs for the slaughter. Um, And lambs are in their religion and in, you know, the Christian religion as well are often symbolized as sacrifice. So in Hassan's case, it was him sacrificing his body for the sake of his loyalty to Amir. Um, And in Sarab's case, it was the sacrifice of his innocence in which Amir ultimately saves him from. And so, unfortunately, both of these men are the sacrifice for Amir to, like, have a turning point in his life. 
And so when Hassan was raped um, and he, you know, sacrificed his body for the kite that Amir could give to his father to make him proud, it was a turning point for Amir because he understands that he is a terrible friend and that he now has his guilt that he'll carry with for the rest of his life. And then with um, Sarab, it was a chance for him to realize, like, this is my time to step up and, you know, redeem what I couldn't give his son and give this child like a better life. Unfortunately, they were just both used as the tools for that. I hate it, but it's there. It's a because symbol. I, I, unfortunately, I feel like that's all Ali and Hassan and Sarab would ever kind of be used as if they stayed in the life they were in. They were always going to be the tools in which those men needed to like build what they were going to be. Yeah. Which, I mean, you could write a whole essay just about that. Oh, concept. yeah. The last thing we're going to discuss about this novel are the parallels that show up. And we'll start with the pomegranate tree, because I really like this one. I love the pomegranate one, yeah. Yes. So the pomegranate tree is very important because that's the place where Hassan and Amir would go have a moment of friendship without worry. Like, when they were kids, before all these horrible things happened, that's where they would go. And Amir would read stories to Hassan, which... That part is not as pure as you would hope because he would kind of tease Hassan for being he's illiterate. Like, which you're stupid and can't read. He's a he's a little prick as a kid, but it's fine. Um anyway, so that that pomegranate tree, it bears fruit and it represents kind of, you know, their their friendship at its purest. Um, but the spring after the kite tournament, Amir asks Hassan if they want to go there. He's gonna read him a story he's written. But what he really is doing is confronting Hassan. He picks up a pomegranate and he is like, what would you do if I hit you with this pomegranate? And Hassan's silent. So Amir just starts pelting him with these pomegranates and he begs him to hit him back and even calls him a coward, which, of course, he's projecting. Right. Um, And Hassan being the sweet little loving loyal boy that he is he takes a pomegranate and crushes it against his own forehead and he's like are you happy now and leaves amir there and so this is kind of the turning point um because when amir finally returns to afghanistan and learns of hassan's death he goes back to that pomegranate tree to see that it no longer bears fruit and it's withered and so now at this point, this signifies the, the death of his friendship with Hassan, but also just a reminder of like everything that was taken from his country. His country used to be beautiful and a place where he felt at home and he knows that he can no longer have that there. It's horrible. It's really sad. <laughs> the slingshot is also a parallel we see in the book. So um, Hassan first uses the slingshot as a form of protection for himself and Amir when he's being mistreated by Asef. This is prior to Hassan being raped. Um, it's like their first interaction with Asef and his cronies. Um, yeah. By his Amir, goons. His goons, yeah. Amir protects the both of them despite or not Amir, Hassan protects the both of them despite Amir still not being, you know, like the greatest friend on mm-hmm. earth, but the loyalty, he's like, I'll protect my friend with whatever I have. Um, and so before Hassan dies, um, he gives Sarab his slingshot 
And um, so Rob uses it once again to defend Amir from Asaf, just like his father did. Um, And this just shows that their family has always just been like considered like guardians or like they're just the loyal men to Baba and Amir. Um, And we continue to see that. And it does, the cycle does break with Sarah because it's more of like a father son bond rather Mm -hmm. than like a friend guardian type bond. But And it's always that family that's seen like protecting Amir. Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the really um, interesting things about like the, this particular parallel is that when Sarab shoots Asef, he shoots him in the left eye, which is where um, Hassan was aiming to yeah. and what he threatened to to hit him with the first time. So it's like, hey, you've been warned. <laughs> My son's going to take care of it. When I started. When I wasn't able, yeah. And then um, lastly, their old home. So Amir and Baba's home was a point of pride for them. They were very privileged, uh, socially speaking, in, you know, before the Russians invaded and the Taliban took over. And their home was beautiful. It was considered a mansion. And when Amir does return to Afghanistan, he finds that the house is in disarray and it looks smaller to him. And he just knows that this chapter of his life is closed forever. So again, it's really similar to when he finds that the pomegranate tree is shriveled. Um, But it's, it's little, it's more of a symbol of his homeland than Mm -hmm. it is the friendship with. He even says too, like when he leaves that he knows that he'll never return to that country again. That is The Kite Runner in its entirety, and it's terrible, but it's amazing at the same time. And I will never read this book again. Thank you so much. Yeah. We did <laughs> two it for times you was too many. Again. But if you do, if you do like historical fiction and the sadness factor isn't a turnoff for you, Khaled Hosseini actually has multiple books that he's written that are beautiful and about um, the Afghan people and their cultures. And I think it's a, he's a really wonderful author, even though his work is hard for me to read. I think it's very important. So join us next week as we discuss the third and final installment of this feminist novellas. We are almost done with the cringe friends. We're almost done. And it is called below zero. Yeah, and uh, we'll finally get to talk about the line that ruined us forever. Um, (laughs) The week after that, we are covering Den of Vipers by K.A. Knight, which is a real gear shift for us. Um, We actually, neither of us have read this one yet. But I do know that please, you do need to check your trigger warnings prior to reading this. It is a why choose dark romance so i'm sure there will be things that is not everyone's cup of tea you know how those dark romances go so yes always check your triggers Uh, check your triggers before reading anything anything (laughs) let's be honest ever uh anyway go ahead and get started on those we'll talk to you next week and as always let's get lit